if we can have centers of economic development that brings in access to health care, that even those people in rural communities will have health care in a closer proximity than what they do now. If we can build up these economic centers and we build up these areas that are just thriving with business and innovation that attract companies to really want to grow and invest in our area. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join Michael Holtz and his guests for conversations about all things ORAU. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, our impact on an ever-changing world, our innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers, and our commitment to the communities where we do business. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Welcome once again to Further Together, the ORU podcast. As ever, I am your host, Michael Holtz, in the Communications and Marketing Department at ORU. And today, I am excited to bring a lineup of great guests to talk about the Tennessee University Business Showcase on Bioclusters and Health Equity, and also... um, talk about ORU's Innovation Partnerships Grant that supported this showcase, and I've got three guests to help me make that conversation possible. I've got Brenda Blunt from ORU, Charleston Bell, and Scott Massey, and I will have everyone introduce themselves in turn. So, Brenda, let me start with you. Tell me who you are. Hi, Michael, and thanks so much for having us on this podcast. I am Brenda Blunt. I'm the Senior Director of Health Policy at ORAU. And Charleston Bell, tell me who you are. How are you doing? I'm Dr. Charleston Bell. I'm the Director of Entrepreneurship and Biomedical Innovation at the Wondery, which is Vanderbilt's Innovation Center at Vanderbilt University. Um, I'm also the Hub Director of the Mid-South i Hub. Um, it's basically a hub of a consortium of nine institutions that have come together for uh, inclusive innovation and shared prosperity and innovation ecosystem development. So, and I'm also a research professor in biomedical engineering uh, at Vanderbilt. Awesome, you have a lot going on. I have a lot, I have a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) And Scott Massey, last but certainly not least. Good morning, thanks, it's great to be here. I'm. Scott Massey, Chairman and CEO of the Global Action Platform. Global Action Platform is a university business alliance brought together to advance uh, an innovation economy uh, in the region and across the state. Uh, We chair the uh, Tennessee University Business Showcase, and we're delighted to have this opportunity to talk with you folks about the program uh, we did earlier this year. Awesome. So let's just jump right into the Tennessee University Business Showcase. This was an event that was held, I believe, in March. And um, talk about what the Tennessee University Business Showcase is and kind of the goal, objective, you know, all of those sort of high-level things. Sure. Uh, the Tennessee University Business Showcase was created through the leadership of our Tech Transfer and Cluster Economic Development Council. And the idea really has two levels of purpose. Uh, Just at a basic level, the showcase is intended to bring together leaders from capital markets, from investment funds, 
from the business community and the research, tech transfer and commercialization uh, groups uh, at the universities in the region. 13 major universities are a part of the Middle Tennessee Coalition and together they help to plan the programs uh, of the Tennessee University Business Showcase. Uh, so in addition to bringing uh, leaders together from these three sectors that tend to be siloed and people don't really know each other at a personal level or at a level of expertise, we wanted to connect people so that they felt comfortable calling each other, getting to know what each uh, of them brought to the table. And then second, at a content level, the showcase is intended to curate a series of programs. We do an event each quarter of the year uh, on a topic that illustrates how uh, regions can come together to connect their own capital, their own business expertise, and their own university talent and research to generate new businesses, to generate new economic opportunity, new workforce opportunities, and uh, uh, so we've, we've looked at topics like the landscape of investing. We've identified the various venture capital funds available in the area, how many assets they have under uh, management, what their investment targets are, how much their average investments are, because many in the universities didn't even really understand the priorities of the local investment uh, community. Uh, likewise, we conducted a topic on the role of tech transfer in economic development, because many business people and investors didn't understand the constructive, positive role that university research can play in economic development in their communities. So the showcase has put together programs uh, of that sort and uh, to inform these leaders in the sectors, to connect them and to help mobilize them uh, so that we can harvest more of the economic and workforce opportunity for this region from the great institutions and business leaders and uh, capital that's available in our area. So it's, I mean, truly a business showcase, but a university showcase, sort of everyone coming together to share the best of who they are, knowledge, tech transfer, but then also to work together to, as you said, break down those silos, meet other people who are working ostensibly toward the same goals, you know, trying to get to the same places. Um, Charleston, for you at Vanderbilt, how important um, was this showcase? And, um, you know, from your perspective, why be, why be part of it? Why, why be a leader in this, in this particular endeavor? I think it's uh, critical, you know, building off what y'all you all already just said about breaking down the silos um, for a long time. And it's not just here, you know, in our region, in many different regions, you know, people are heads down, really focused on the things that they're doing. And one thing that I've learned through a lot of the dealings that I've had and, and, and lessons I've learned in the past year is the key to truly build regional prosperity and the key to truly innovate is to break down those silos and start uh, forming partnerships, especially if they're cross-sector. Um, and the way you start building those relationships is to have events that bring those people together, right? 
and discussing topics that are important uh, to, to, to everyone that's involved. And when you start to hear about um, things that are happening on the other side of the state, right? Or sometimes in a building right next to yours, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really eye-opening and allows people to begin to form those relationships and then begin to partner. And, and when you bring all those pieces together, that's how you foster innovation. That's how you galvanize shared prosperity. Um, for me personally, you know, working at the Wondry, which is, you know, I said it was Vanbos Innovation Center, and I'm the director of the entrepreneurship practice area. It's one of the practice areas uh, at the Wondry. Um, it's really important for us um, to form as many relationships and partners as possible because a lot of our work is in innovation and innovation is improved when you're working with people of a ton of different backgrounds, uh, trying to solve the same problems or address the same issues. And this showcase was a perfect place to do that um, because you know we're, we're all uh, heading towards the same goal. We want to achieve this regional shared prosperity and what better way to do that than to bring people who have those same uh, goals in mind together to learn from one another. Right. And Brenda, this came together in part because of ORU's Innovation Partnerships Grant. Um, and even though, you know, we're located in, in East Tennessee and this was a middle Tennessee endeavor, I mean, it's still important for all of us, regardless of our location, to be working together toward the end of achieving mutual prosperity and breaking down those silos, talking about health equity, you know, which was one of the topics of the showcase. Um, why is this important to us? So it's really important to us. So I will say, yes, technically Middle Tennessee, but there were investors there from East Tennessee. There's, you know, we have university partners that are in East Tennessee and Middle Tennessee. So the innovation partnerships focus, it's, it's a process that's open to all of our consortium members. So yes, Middle Tennessee, and when but when we're looking at ORAU, which is technically located in East Tennessee, we have people everywhere. So technically, I'm in Middle Tennessee. Right. I live yes, just over true. that line. I'm in Middle Tennessee. So, but the development of the area is so critical to bringing in additional workforce, to building up our own communities and building up our own workforce, so that people who love Tennessee don't have to leave for the opportunities to grow and thrive. When we talk about health equity, and the, the topic of the business showcase wasn't necessarily health equity. It was much more focused on workforce development. But workforce development touches on health equity in several ways. One, you're creating opportunities for people to get out of poverty, to get them tangible skills. You're also developing a workforce that will entice companies to come and invest in Tennessee and to bring their business to Tennessee because there will be a workforce that's able they're able to hire from. So those things together give people opportunities. And we know with social determinants of health that your financial status has is correlated to what your health status is and what your health outcomes are. The other aspect of health equity is health act is access to health care. And to have better access, we need to build up our areas in Tennessee. So we have a lot of rural areas and communities. 
I am not saying we need to get rid of those because we absolutely need the farms. We need the rural areas. But if we can have centers of economic development that brings in access to health care, that even those people in rural communities will have the health care in a closer proximity than what they do now. If we can build up these economic centers and we build up these areas that are just thriving with business and innovation that attract companies to really want to grow and invest in our area. So it's multi, it's a multifaceted kind of connection to health equity in my viewpoint. It's bringing in the resources, it's building up our economy, it's giving people access to jobs where they don't have to leave the state. They can stay here and they thrive and grow and have a life that they are proud of, right? So to me, that workforce development and the investment in Tennessee overall helps build ORAU, but it's really about a broader impacting the communities around us. And ORAU does so much about communities. It's not just a business model for ORAU. It really is about bettering Tennessee and any of the areas really that are important to our consortium members. And you and I were part of a, a meeting last week where um, our CEO talked about our impacts on society. And one of those is on strengthening the work, workforce. So workforce development is a huge part of who we are and what we do. So this fits certainly into our mission um, as an organization from the Tennessee Business and University Showcase, what are some of the outcomes? What happens, um, I guess, what happened at the showcase and what what comes next? What are what are some of the outcomes from, from what took place in March? Yes, well, let me also step back before I answer that and uh, mention two other collaborative partners. Uh, you've, you've already mentioned, of course, ORAU and Oak Ridge is a partner. We really value that uh, relationship, both in terms of the support that you've provided for this kind of uh, programming, but also because of the expertise and the collaboration. Uh, you folks are members of the Tennessee Tech Transfer and Cluster Economic Development Council, and so are part of the planning of these things. And we, we see your expertise and partnership with you as a national uh, uh, consortium of universities tied to a major national research lab as a really important part of the innovation ecosystem for Tennessee in this area. Uh, also, uh, we build on the theories of Michael Porter at the Institute for Strategy and Competitiveness at the Harvard Business School. Uh, the Global Action Platform is the official affiliate for this region of Porter's Institute, which brings a number of resources to our community, uh, including a program that I think Charleston may say a little bit about in a few minutes called the Young American Leaders Program. This initiative was started at the initiation of the uh, U.S. Department of Commerce, the EDA, who approached Porter a number of years ago to ask how to keep the U.S. economy competitive as we see other countries becoming more competitive 
uh, around the world, how do we maintain the competitiveness of the U.S. economy? Porter argued that the way to do that is to increase the strength, the connectivity, the leadership, the innovation of regional economies across the country. The national economy is really made up of the regional economies and the innovation that comes out of them. Because economic growth requires proximity. You have to be close enough to know each other, nimble enough to work together, innovative enough to create new things that people want. And so by increasing the capacity of regional economies to be innovative and competitive, we help the whole country. Uh, so Nashville was one of the first cities selected to be a part of this program, which now includes 14 cities from Seattle to Detroit to Miami to Austin to Boston, who meet on an annual basis. Uh, each of those cities sends a cohort of 10 cross-sector leaders for a week of uh, training in economic development, collaboration, case studies on how regions are helping to move their communities forward. And uh, uh, that program uh, is one in which Charleston was a participant last year, and it was out of that cohort's work at Harvard that the idea for Crest uh, really developed. So all of these partnerships, the partnership with Harvard Business School, the partnership with ORAU in Oak Ridge, the 13 major research universities in Middle Tennessee, the businesses, the investment partners, uh, all of these are really critical to what we're trying to accomplish. And what we're trying to accomplish is to make the Middle Tennessee economy a globally competitive tech hub for the future. There are many assets here that can be uh, connected, enhanced, and brought together to create the basis for future inclusive prosperity, as Charleston was saying a moment ago. Uh, but that doesn't just happen by accident. That only happens through intentional, concerted, collaborative work. And it is work. It's not, it's not just, let's collaborate, let's work together. Right, right. It's a nice idea. Uh, it does require effort to break down the walls between different sectors. It does require financial and talent investment to make something new happen. <clears throat> and so this is part of an ongoing process to create that kind of muscle capacity, that strength in the regional leaders of our uh, community to work together as people have done in Tennessee in the past, mm -hmm. but to reinvent that for the next generation so that we are not dependent on outsiders to come in and move a headquarters here or to bring something to us. We're actually creating the value ourselves. We're creating the opportunity. We're creating the new businesses. We're creating the prosperity. Uh, that's our ultimate goal. And I think each of these events contributes toward that. Uh, Charleston will be able to say more about the Crest Initiative, which we think is an extremely important uh, effort that is already itself in its formation an outcome of the work that we've been doing over the last several years. 
So it's it's an iterative process. It's 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 not just we did this, therefore these five things immediately were the outcomes. We're done. Uh, it's it's an ongoing process to keep connecting people, keep finding opportunities, keep creating things that make a difference. Awesome. Well, Scott, you mentioned this, and Charleston, I'm going to ask you to talk about the Crest Initiative and and what is what is that and and how does it work? Well, you know, well, much like uh, Scott did, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on, on, sure on how it came to be. Um, and so, you know, uh, Scott mentioned that uh, there was this program called the uh, uh, Young American Leaders Program from uh, that's offered by Harvard Business School uh, called YALP. Someone called it YALP, right? It's an acronym. And so YALP 2022 was the class that went to um, went to Harvard Business School. And uh, we went there initially with the intention of developing a plan for the entire uh, development of an ecosystem around biotechnology, right? And so it was more around, you know, let's go there, let's utilize what they teach us to build the entire ecosystem, a plan for that in some sort. But when we got there, um, they were very intentional about training us about the power of forming cross-sector collaborations in order to enhance an environment to create shared prosperity. And so we learned a lot about the issues, the pain points, um, the struggles of other areas that sought to do the same and did not have fully positive outcomes. We went through a lot of case studies where cross-sector collaborations was the solution to a major problem and then the outcomes from, from, from the implementation of cross-sector uh, partnerships. And so while we're there, we're looking at the, these pain points, right? And one of the major pain points was the reason why the United States is losing its competitive advantage in the global economy is because not everyone in our country has the opportunity to participate in this upcoming innovation economy, right? We have a lot of people who have the wherewithal, have the energy, and have the drive to participate, but do not have the pathway, right? Or do not know the first step to you know, um, to give themselves the opportunity for upward economic mobility. And so when you only have a subset of your general population that's participating in economic activity, you know, you've kind of kneecapped yourself uh, as far as a as far as a country that could seek um, to optimize the way it goes about commerce. And so the idea is how can we develop unique um, unique strategies uh, how can we develop uh, organizations, collaborations, partnerships in order to afford these opportunities um, to people who are seeking to participate in this upcoming innovation economy? And so we put a lot of thought into this. And then we realized is that, OK, actually, and in, in, we can focus on Middle Tennessee. Actually, in Middle Tennessee, we actually have a very strong community population of people um, that currently uh, are not participating in the innovation economy. In addition, our community, right, our, 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 our area is attractive for major industry to move in and is attractive for people to want to live or to start their businesses here. The problem is, is that 
there is no workforce of the future, right? I'm one of my roles as a, the director of entrepreneurship and the ICOR hub director is that I am supposed to be transforming innovators into entrepreneurs so that they can take deep technology from the universities and commercialize them into the market to create jobs, stimulate the economy, impart positive value change, solving the needs of, of uh, people in the region and beyond, and making the United States more competitive. So my job is to you know, train people on to start their businesses here. However, there is no workforce in the future <laughs> to support that sort of uh, economic activity. And when you look at the full landscape, and this is what our team did at Yelp, when you look at the full landscape, you see this one missing piece. We have all this primordial activity in this region, but there's this, this, this huge missing piece, and that is how do we get the people who may be currently underrepresented in STEM or in, 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 in uh, the high-level job opportunity, uh, people who may have been historically marginalized, because we do have history here, right, that goes way back, people who may have been historically marginalized, how do we bridge the gap between the people who do not have opportunity, access to opportunity in urban areas, with the people who do not have access to these opportunities in rural areas? There's a divide there. We have that in, um, in, in our area. And so we thought about this, we really um, considered this, and we said, this is what we'll do. How about this? How about we develop a model a model um, such that we could uh, create a coalition responsible for equitable skills training, the coalition responsible for equitable skills training. And it turns out that makes one great acronym and it's CREST, <laughs> right? Uh, it's CREST. Um, and the idea is that this coalition is a cross-sector collaboration and when it comes to the creation of innovation ecosystem in view of workforce development, you have three primary aspects of your ecosystem. Um, you've got the community in need that's seeking, you know, to be upskilled so that they can become the workforce of the future, to have a place as a participant in the innovation economy. So you have the community. Here you have, you know, the education sector, right? So usually community colleges, vocational schools, that sort, that provide training and have a lot of pl a, a plethora of workforce development programs. And then here you have another aspect, which is the industry. Um, two parts of the industry, those seeking to move into the region to, um, to, to bring their businesses here, but also those who are currently in the region that want to start their businesses at home. And so that's the industry. And it turns out, historically, these three aspects have been working in silos to create their own workforce development programs. So you have nonprofit entities that work really hard with the community to create a workforce development program. You have community colleges, vocational schools. They have a ton of workforce development programs that they offer, and they do, but that's what they do on their own. And then you have the industry that may have their in-house workforce development programs, and they try to do outreach to create some sort of pipeline. But all of these do have impact, but their impact is not optimized. And it turns out each one has really significant weaknesses, right? Like the industry can't move in and get started unless they have people, right? The community college can't actually broaden their programs unless they have the funds. The community college or the, excuse me, the community themselves, right? The people 
a lot of them have strong, significant barriers preventing them from taking part in these upskilling programs. Number one, if I'm working two and three jobs to just pay my rent to live here and just keep food on the table, how do I go about stopping that to go through a training program that I got to pay for? So there's a lot of there's a lot of weaknesses, you know, and strengths. But it turns out that if you bring intentionally, like Scott said, if you intentionally bring these three aspects together, the strength of each aspect supplants or underpins the weakness of the other. And that is the power of the Crest Coalition, because, you know, the, the amount of funding that's available for, for the industry, they are willing to get a two-year work guarantee and a, and a workforce of the future to support their operations. They'll be glad to provide the capital to the entity or the group that will provide said pipeline. Uh, at the same time, the community college is looking to expand out into the community it serves, but they need a source of capital to run these programs. And then these people in the community, right, wouldn't it be awesome if they could immediately as they decide to upskill and join these programs, if they were provided a fellowship such that while they're going through this training, they can still pay their bills and they can still provide for their families at an even higher wage than they were previously. And so that sort of, you know, uh, that, that, that sort of utopia, right? And that can kind of be achieved because the funds from the industry can be utilized to provide the fellowships and then the community colleges can provide the training for the two-year work guarantees that lead directly to those companies. And so that's how companies can now uh, form their businesses here and actually have operations. That's how the, the industry, new industry can move here. And guess what? The workforce is not imported. The workforce is generated right here from the people at home. And that is the overarching design thought process behind the cross-sector collaboration that supports the coalition responsible for equitable skills training, Crest. That is amazing. I mean, so you basically bring these entities together and you can create an engine for everybody to advance together. You know, you, you meet everybody's needs at the same time and bring people into the workforce, um, the upskilled workforce that no longer have to do two or three jobs to get food on the table. They can actually, you know, pay their bills, be comfortable, um, and do some great work. Um, you know, we, we, like, we like to say that, uh, we like to say that when designed appropriately, cross-sector collaborations create positive feedback loops of positivity. Mm. Yep. And that's the overarching goal of what we're trying to do. And the Crest model, I think, you know, I, I don't want to, this is, we don't want to be, um, you know, once you create something good, and something that's useful and you're able to showcase its capability, that's not something we want to keep, you know, in-house close to the chest. Sure. We believe that this model can be deployed to other places because the important part is uplifting the community. How can we do that? And when you uplift the community and they're able to take part in the new innovation economy, guess what? You have now improved your capability to be competitive on a global scale. And that's, and that's I think that's the, the beauty of how everything that we've discussed at the showcase, 
you know, hear how it all kind of comes together as one. Also, another examples of of crest in action of of success stories is the or is the model still coming together? Yeah, so uh, so I'll give you some examples. So to let you all know, this is brand new. Remember, I said the first of, course, yes. of this idea, you know, first the 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 phrase crest, right? This time last year did not exist, right? <laughs> right? right. It did not exist. Um, that's the kind of beauty of it. Um, and we've been working very, you know, there's there's been currently no funds placed behind this. So this has been everyone that's been involved. This is something that we've been doing. You know, we say sweat equity, but there's no equity here. We care. That's why we're doing it. Right. Um, and so uh, over the last maybe the first six months um, after the af- after Harvard is when we actually put the pieces together of how the cross sector collaboration would work. And then in January, we had something called a Crest Conclave. And so um, the Crest Conclave is basically the initial people that we we did a little bit of discovery and uh, each aspect, we made some calls, talked to some people and said, what are your needs? What are your needs? What are the challenges? Just to verify our hypothesis that the three, bringing these three aspects together would actually work. And so we had our first Crest Conclave um, in the first in quarter one. Uh, we brought a lot of those pieces and people that we talked to together on a call and kind of laid out what the full idea of Crest was and kind of came to um, like a handshake agreement that this is something that we would want to proceed with together. Uh, since then, we also uh, submitted uh, some grant applications, one primary grant application to the uh, National Science Foundation uh, in hopes that we could get some seed funding to be able to demonstrate this model to create a biotechnician workforce of the future. And so uh, what's described in that grant proposal is, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but in Tennessee, there is an extremely strong and robust high school program for biostem education, it's called biostem. Um, And the, um, uh, the instructor, the teacher that developed that, I got in contact, we got in contact and started working together on the development of a curriculum that could take someone who is great at their current job um, and transform them in less than 90 days into a nationally certified biotechnician, meaning that they have the lab skills necessary to go into any wet lab space and with minimum, minimum on the job training will be a huge asset either to that academic lab or these biotech in industrial labs. Um, and so that's what we've, we, we're seeking that seed capital to showcase that bringing together these collaborations to create this biotechnician um, uh, training program. Uh, the success of that program would then be, you know, the preliminary evidence that we would need to say that this model is fully operational and can be scaled, um, uh, scaled into different regions could be scaled to go into other industries because there are a lot of other technologies that are budding, you know, in our region. Uh, so it can be deployed in other technology opportunities. Um, and then since then, you know, and this speaks to, this a- answers the question that you uh, asked originally, because of the conversations that happened, you know, just after, you know, we had that meeting, right? That showcase. Um, when you talk about these things and talk about forming these cross-sector partnerships, people get interested. 
And then people start talking, right? And what that did is that led to introduction to introduction to introduction. And then we've started meeting uh, people who are trying to develop their own workforce development models. And they're kind of doing it over here and then found out, wait, there's a there's a coalition that's coming together that's <laughs> trying to do this thing for the region. Oh, let us be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, and so um, it's important to have uh, showcases and meeting places like that so that opportunities like Crest, um, people come to those uh, showcases because they care. Like we care. You know, and it's 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 almost it's almost altruistic. We care about where our region goes, where our how our home um, improves. And when all these people come together and they see a presentation like Crest or all the other presentations that Scott is starting to line up, um, it, it it really it really creates a environment for excitement and people willing to band together to do good work. Was just gonna was just thinking. It sounds like a lot of excitement is being generated around the idea of Crest and the idea of the ideas that were born out of the Tennessee University Business Showcase and and sort of what's coming for economic development and workforce development in Tennessee. Um, Carlson, if I remember correctly, you already have some companies, some biotech companies who've indicated that they would put up fellowships when this whole pipeline program is put in place. So we've had interest already tangibly expressed from the business sector side. And another collaboration that's come out of our work with UITORAU, in addition to the NSF grant that's been submitted around Crest, uh, we're submitting an EDA grant for uh, a a tech hub to be... uh, developed in Middle Tennessee. And one of the components of that uh, proposal is how do we make this inclusive uh, to those who may not be benefiting economically presently. So CREST is a principal strategy that will be a part of that uh, proposal, saying that not only we'll be developing uh, biotechnologies of the future, but we'll have an actual intentional path to bring people into that, uh, to help them get out of poverty and to benefit from the uh, the tech hub that would be created here. So this has a very strategic value as our region looks at uh, grant opportunities and business development opportunities like that moving forward. Now we've been talking about this for a while and I just want to, um, we're, we're getting to time, basically, but just want to, um, I guess, talk about where do we go? Where do we go from here? What happens next with um, either the showcase or, you know, is there a next showcase or, or next step? Do we keep building, generating that excitement for, for Crest and keep talking about you know, the the ground that's being laid and, and getting to Scott, as you said, more of those um, promises of, of, you know, fellowship opportunities, you know, so that more people are coming together to make rest a reality. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in January, in June, on June 29th, we have the chairman and CEO 
of Bio Crossroads in Indiana, a very successful uh, uh, cluster development in biotechnology and life science that's now 20 years old in Indiana. They've raised uh, nearly $700 million in new capital. 24% of the new jobs in the entire state came as a result of the BioCrossroads initiative. So it's had an enormous impact on the state. Their chairman and CEO is coming to Nashville to speak at our second showcase to talk about how they did that, what lessons can be learned and applied by us here so that, as Charleston said, we not only do this uh, workforce uh, development strategy, but we continue to build out other dimensions of it. Mm -hmm. Our 2023 Young American Leaders class is also going to continue its focus on biotech and life science cluster strategy for the region. They'll be going in June for their week of training and coming back to add some additional planning components and commitment to the development of CREST and other activities related to that. In September, we're going to be launching the first Middle Tennessee competitiveness report using cluster data and to begin an annual process of tracking cluster and subcluster development so that investors, researchers, and business leaders have uh, usable data and information to spot opportunities for their research, their capital investment, and their business deployment. Uh, that will be launched in September. And finally, in November, we're launching the Nashville Poverty Collective, which will also have a connection to CREST. We've pulled together all of the poverty initiatives in metropolitan Nashville from the nonprofit, the faith community, government, and uh, the public sector and universities. Uh, they have agreed to work together to create a common shared agenda. And the agenda is going to focus on how do you create economic opportunity? So we're not just managing poverty in uh, troubled uh, neighborhoods, but we're actually providing a path out of poverty, a solution. Crest will be one of those solutions that will be a part of that. And all of these organizations are coming together to try to implement that and other solutions of a similar nature. So this is like the snowball. Uh, right. We've gotten it started and it's gathering steam, gathering other components. And uh, uh, we're delighted to be a part of facilitating that along with you folks and Charleston and uh, other great partners in the area. So there's much more to come, lots of excitement in these buildings. Um, for Charleston and Brenda, any final words, any final thoughts that, that you want to express? So um, I just I think this is such a great opportunity for our area, for the people in the area. I'm always excited by things that look to elevate others and to improve communities. Um, it's really empowering for people to feel like they can have a sense of control over doing that upskilling and improving their own lives and what they have access to, while we're also elevating the communities, the opportunities and the resources that will be available to the communities. And Charleston has a great quote, and I am not going to try to get it, um, the quote right, but it's, when we lift the sea, we all rise. 
right? And he is much more eloquent about it, but that has stuck with me since I heard him express that because I always felt that way. I just didn't have the eloquent quote to go with it. It's, it's really, there's so much more that this does than just workforce development. Absolutely. And I know I, I did a lot of talking, so I'll just close with, with, with saying that um, that I think the key is as long as we just keep working together, I do just have to keep working together, uh, keep collaborating, and as long as we have the same shared purpose to help people and and, and seek to end other people's suffering, we'll, we will continue to be on the right path. Sorry. Awesome. Well. Charleston Bell, Scott Massey, and Brenda Blunt, thank you so much for being here. I would love to have us come together. I know it took us months to get to this point to have this conversation, but I'd love for us to come back together in six months or so and just kind of do a progress report on where things are and you know how things are going with the the fall activities and, and the um the June showcase follow-up. So um, I would love to do that and keep this conversation going because this this is a huge and very important initiative. And Brenda, as you said, it does far more than workforce development alone. You know, we're talking steps out of poverty. We're talking economic engine building. So there's so much going on right here. And um, I'm privileged just to have the conversation with the three of you to talk about it today. So thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to having you back again in a few months. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU and on Instagram at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the OREU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.